Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Yeah, great to be with you here again online. Um, Still 2020, COVID is still going on and um, here we are. It's crazy season and crazy time. And I guess something that I just really wanted um, to be able to share with us today is what's been going on with us for Ross and I these last probably eight to 12 weeks or really it's been a journey since since COVID happened um, earlier in the year. I feel like God has 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 deposited something in us because we actually had to take the time to stop. Our travel ceased, um, church ceased, it was all online. Um, It was just weird, it was crazy. This whole season that we're in has just been a crazy season and I miss our church, I miss gathering, I miss the hugs, I miss the people Um, and I am very excited, though, when we do go back of what God has deposited in us as leaders, not just for Elevation, but for INC as a movement. Um, And I want to share that with you today. So three things that I think that has been um, taken or what's been affected since COVID has come is simply these three things, our Sabbath, our silence and our solitude. Our Sabbath has been taken from us. We cannot gather anymore. And that's clearly obvious because here I am looking at you via your TV screen in your lounge room or wherever you are. Um, And so our Sunday services have ceased to exist for a season, for a period of time. And so we, we... It's been taken from us as Christians, that ability to, and even for us going back now, it would be so awkward with the social distancing and and don't touch each other and you can't can't connect with each other. You've basically got to get out of church, grab your coffee and leave. And it's just like for Ross and I, it was like, that's not a time or a place for us to go back. We want to go back and we want to celebrate strong. Um, We are doing up our church at the moment. So we're excited to, when we can go back, that it's going to be one massive celebration. And it might just look a little bit different too with the deposit of what God has done in us. The second thing, it's taken our silence. I think COVID has created a media, a, an uproar in our world where voices are louder than they have ever been. Um, you just turn on TV, you turn on radio, you turn on your phone and all you hear is about this virus that's spreading, or ga- masks that you've got to buy, the disinfectant that you've got to make sure that you haven't. It's just a constant barragement of noise. And it's taken our solitude. We were forced to isolate. And in that isolation, it's affected so many people, so many of you that I know I have talked with. It's affected your job situation, so much uncertainty about what our future looks like. So for a lot of you, there's been a lack of finance. For a lot of people, they've been feeling very lonely and very isolated being stuck in their home. And now even that we're out and about a little bit more, there's still that feeling of the what does the future look like? What does it look like for church? What does it look like for our future in in this whole um, arena of what we're trying to all work through together? And um, basically it's instilled so much fear. And the word fear, I was thinking about it the other day, is purely false evidence that appears real. And often we jump to negative conclusions that are based on a partial truth and they're not actually really what's going on. And that's what causes the anxiety to start to well up with inside of us. We struggle 
to stop. We struggle to slow down. We keep filling our minds and our souls and our spirit with stuff so that we don't have to stop too long to actually think about what the future could look like because maybe it's just too scary. Funny thing is, is functionally we've gained so much time in, um, in, even in this season, but what do we do with that time? You know, these days we've got, we've, we, we press a button and the washing gets done for us. We press another button and all our clothes are dried. We press another button and we don't even have to push a vacuum cleaner anymore. We've got those robots that do the house for us. We have saved so much time. But yet in that time, what are we doing with the time that we save? We get put into isolation and what do we do? We renovate homes. We clean out cupboards. We get busy to fill maybe what is lacking in our inner world. Often the more pulled apart we become as people, the more driven we are to quiet the turmoil by adding diversions and unceasing activity to our plate. It has actually been scientifically proven that it is an old ironic habit of the human race to run faster when we have lost our way. I think as a nation we have lost, I think as a world right now, we have lost our way. We've never had a virus that has shut down the world before. And in it all, God is speaking and he's saying something. My question to you as, as what happened for me and I guess in my spirit and in my relationship with God, can you stop long enough, Kathy, to actually hear maybe what I want to tell you, what I want to speak to you about? So we chase after seducing externals and it does not have the power to fill our internal void. We throw ourselves into random activity to drown out the cry of the soul and it just does not work. It's actually as effective as a mother hoping to quiet a crying baby by mopping the floor. The only way to still and to silence a hungry child is to offer it a warm bottle and to nourish its soul. The only way to quiet the fear, the anxiety in our own soul is to allow ourselves to stop and nourish our spirit. John 14, 14, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in him like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I read this scripture probably about 10 weeks ago, Isaiah 30, 15, it arrested my soul. It simply says this, in quietness and in trust is where you'll find your strength. And that word quietness almost jumped out of the scriptures into my soul, into my spirit. And I just felt that still small voice of God saying, Kathy, it's in the quietness. Immediately it takes you to Elijah when he was depressed, when there was turmoil in his life. We all know that story. He goes to Mount Horeb. And was God in the, the fire? Was God in the earthquake? Was God in the... No, he was in the still, small voice. So how has COVID affected my life? How has COVID affected my marriage? How has COVID affected us as a church? How has it affected my husband, and our walk with God? Again, those three things. I believe God has called us 
to understand what a Sabbath is and to take the time to have it. I believe he's called us to silence and I believe he's called us to solitude. And I want to just quickly walk through what that has looked like for me personally um, and where we're, we're walking in our future, even as a church, as a whole, because I think there are things that will change and shift as the Spirit of God is changing and shifting in this generation right now. I was reading on the Sabbath, and to be honest, and it sounds quite corny, I guess, now, because it feels so immature of me to say it, but if I was to have thought about it previously, a Sabbath for me was probably, I would say it would be a Sunday. That would be the first thing that comes to my mind when someone goes, a Sabbath for you, Kath, what is that? I go, oh, it's a Sunday. You know, it's a day of us gathering. It's a day of worship. It's, but really, that's not what a Sabbath was about. And for us, to be honest, Sunday was probably one of our biggest work days. And so as I started to look at losing the gathering that we had, well, what does a Sabbath actually really look like? And a Sabbath is not a day off. And it's not a Sunday. A Sabbath is actually a time of total rest, total delight, and total nourishment from God himself. Easy to say. Isaiah 56 verse 2, How blessed are you who enter into these things, you men and women who enhance, who embrace, who embrace them, who keep the Sabbath and don't defile it. Jeremiah 17, 21, this is God's message. Be careful if you care about your lives not to desecrate the Sabbath by turning it into just another workday, lugging stuff here and there. Wow. Ezekiel 20, 11 and 12. I gave them, I gave them this, I gave them things, sorry, I gave them laws for living showed them how to live well and obediently before me. I also gave them my weekly, did you hear this? I gave them my weekly holy rest days, my Sabbaths. A kind of a signpost erected between me and them, between my God and me, to show them that I, God, am in the business of making them holy. How do I become holy? By having a Sabbath. I read that and it was like God talking to me saying, Kathy, I've erected this signpost. How many times do I have to tell you? When was the last time you had a Sabbath? And it was embarrassing to say it's probably been years. Because when you look at what a Sabbath is, it's delighting in God, it's total rest. It's putting aside everything and having a period of time where we get refreshed in his presence. And only then can I be truly holy. Isaiah 58, 13, 14. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage. If you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honour it by refusing business as usual, what does business as usual look, look like for you? Have you had a Sabbath? When I read this, I realised I have not. If you honour it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. Oh, I'll make you ride high. 
and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. When I read that, it brought me to a place of, you know what? We need to have a Sabbath. And I started to talk about that with my husband and we started to look into what that would look like for us. Now, I have not perfected it. In fact, I have been pathetic at it, to be really honest, but I'm on a journey. It's not a fad. It's a lifestyle change for us as a married couple. It's something that, that, that I believe is a sign of our times that God is missing time with his kids. And all he's saying is, I want your time. And I need your time for what the future holds for us, for our church and for INC. So for us, it's purely just stopping. It's no phones, it's no computers, it's no screens. Now that right there is really hard, right? Because we look at our phone all the time and we can have a moment with God, but that's easy. But having a period, a set aside time of a full day of delighting in him. What is delighting in him? It's what refreshes our soul. It could be hiking. It could be walking along the beach. It could be whatever it looks like to just slow down, to stop and to rejuvenate my spirit. It's not flesh. It's my spirit. And that has been something that has not been easy for us to do, but we are on the journey of doing that. And the second thing is the silence and the solitude. Paying attention to the cry of your spirit. Thing is, we don't even know our spirit's crying because we're so busy in our doing that we actually don't know how to be. And it was a huge lesson for us in our marriage. We do really well, but we don't know how to be really well, how to actually stop. Stop. And when you stop, then you can listen. And in your solitude and in the silence, you'll be amazed at what God might say to you. And even if firstly, he don't sense or feel anything, it's about the obedience of stopping, of being silent in your presence and having solitude with you. You know the words silent and listen are the exact same spelling. I cannot listen without being silent. And God is calling us. He said, I've been in the fires. I've had the, we've had the thunderstorms. We've had the violence. We've had the earthquakes. But just maybe for this season, I'm in the still small voice but how do you hear it if you don't create the time a man in the bible that challenged me to my core was daniel how could face how could daniel face babylon how could how could he face the lion's den the shadrach the the man in the fire shadrach meshach and abednego and there was another man in the fire how did all these miracles take place and i was reminded as i read it that three times a day Daniel would go into his room he would open the windows look out over his city and he would stop and I was challenged personally 
of not just having a cool little devotional in the morning, let's just check my phone and, you know, let's go into the U version and what's the, the latest cool devotional of the day? Nothing wrong with that, please, and I'm not at all criticising or knocking it. I'm just saying I feel for this season God is wanting more. So what does that look like? It's first thing in the morning, it's open my Bible, my Bible, the words, the book, not a phone because a phone can distract because it beeps and there's an email and bam, you're off on a completely different tangent. Someone could could give you a text message and there goes your attention again. And this is what we have been robbed in our time with God. And then for me, I have been practicing. I have not accomplished this yet, but three times a day, taking a three to five minute period of complete and utter silence and solitude before my father. And I stop. I'm not driving. I'm not in an office. I will remove myself from the environment and I'll find a place. And for a short period of time, I will sit and as much as I possibly can put my complete mind at rest and allow God to have my mind and to have my spirit. Silence is quiet. It's deathly quiet. It is the complete absence of sound. It's not a worship CD. It's not me playing. None of that is wrong. And you can do that for, the, for as much as you want. I'm just saying that I feel in the spirit of where he's wanting us now, we've got to learn the art of being silent and listening. It is an art and it's countercultural to our world because our world is full of noise, especially right now. True silence is actually the rest of your mind and it rests your mind and your spirit as much as sleep does to our body. And isn't it weird that we don't have any problem with sleeping seven, eight, maybe six hours a night, whatever that looks like, but that big block of time to refuel our body, how do we refuel our spirit? And how much time are we spending in doing that? It's something that's been so, so challenging to me. You see, our Sabbaths have looked a little bit like a measuring stick where we walk in and we critique our worship, we critique the sermon, we, we talk about it and we say, oh, I liked that or I didn't really like that or we have our, our, our you know, the, the, the money was good, the money wasn't so good, that person speak, spoke to me and that person didn't and I'm feeling this and I'm... And it's just, it's just not what it's about. It's about coming to that place of like, it's you and me, Jesus. Amos 5 verse 13 says this, Therefore, he who is prudent and has insight will keep silent at such a corrupt and evil time. For it is an evil time when people will not listen to truth and will disregard those of good character. Seek, long for, require good and not evil that you may live. It's a time to be silent when the world is shouting out about what our future looks like, when the world is telling you you're going to be placed back into a lockdown, when the world says to you you've lost your job, when the world says to you you can't walk out the door without wearing a mask, when all these voices are going on, it's sometimes the most powerful thing you can do 
is to silence yourself and your soul in the presence of God. You see, silence is not empty. It's actually full of answers. That's something that I have found to be so true. In fact, a meaningful silence is always better than meaningless words. And something that I have found is that I'm great at just chatting away to God and I don't have a listening ear whatsoever. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. My worship music's playing. I'm engaged. I can worship you. I can honour you. And then I put my requests before you and then I just say how great you are again and then I jump in my car and the worship music goes on and off I go and I go into the noise of the world or the day, what that looks like and I come home and the CD might go on again or my playlist goes on and the day is done and not once have I taken the time to listen. Silence is healing. Silence is worship. Silence is communication. But utmostly, silence is respect. We all know we spend probably once a year, I think, in our church, we would have a minute of silence to respect on Anzac Day. Those who have gone before us or have fought We have a a minute silence to respect sometimes those who have fought for us or a tragedy that has happened. Sometimes we, out of respect, we have a minute silence. How much more is our Father who, who created us is just longing, maybe just for some silence so he can talk? It's something that I'd love to bring into our church services. In fact, we are going to bring into our church services when we do go back is a time of silence. And you know what? It's awkward and it's uncomfortable because we do not know how to do it well. And then when you do do it, and trust me, I put you to the challenge three times a day. Even if it's a minute, your mind will be going everywhere but not on God. And yet God in heaven tore open when he died on a cross for us. He tore open the heavens and he said, I want to communicate with you. I want to, I want your, your, your life. I want, I've done so much for you. Can I have something back? Can you put a listening ear to me? It's powerful. Silence is healing. Research scientists have actually proven that we are losing out when we push silence to the fringes of our lives. Just like sleep restores the body, silence restores the mind, the emotions and our soul. This is just from a scientific point of view. Silence actually has been proven to relieve the tension in our brain. You see, when we skimp on our inner world, when we skimp, on our relationship with Jesus Christ, then our outer world will get affected too. And we aren't functioning the way we ought to when we don't take moments in our day to silence ourselves before God. Silence in is communication. Silence speaks of intimacy, love and security for people. It's a hugely important role in our communication Only good friends, married couples maybe, can be together and be silent and it's not uncomfortable. But people who aren't good friends, then they find silence very awkward and uncomfortable. 
Can I encourage you today to find a place and a time to come before God in complete and utter silence? Actually, right now, you know the word Selah 74 times has been written in the Bible. Habakkuk, it talks about when you're in my temple, hush, be silent. I have so many scriptures that are in my spirit where I just feel like everywhere I turn at the moment, I just feel God's voice saying, it is time to be silent. It is time to stop and to hear my voice. So what does that look like? It simply means no music, no phone, nothing. Just you and your creator in complete silence. For me, I close my eyes. Unless I'm in the surroundings of my home, I've got my little God chair and I look out actually over these beautiful trees, especially when the sun's coming up early morning. And I just allow God to just be. And that's what it is. It's just being. And then to silence my spirit, especially in the middle of the day, that's been the hardest time, is just simply concentrating on that breath. It's the breath of God in me. He spoke the whole world into being, but when he created me, he knelt down and he breathed into these nostrils the breath of life. And so I take that moment to concentrate in my head as I take a big deep breath in and as I release it, I am breathing in the presence of God yet again. And then as I breathe that breath out, it's God, the worries, the concerns of the world, the day, what's happening, they're gone. Two, three, sometimes five minutes. My biggest one's been, I think, eight minutes where I just heard clearly the voice of God for a situation that I was about to, an appointment I was actually about to walk into. Life-changing. And it was just a moment of complete silence. We're going to do that right now. And I understand that you're in your lounge rooms. I understand that you could be driving listening to this podcast. You could be walking along the beach and there's a million people surrounding you right now. You could be in a coffee shop somewhere with your little coffee. You could be Surrounded by people, even in the lounge room, you could have gathered in worship, and I hope you do gather in homes together and create an atmosphere in your home that we can worship together. And if you are right now, I want you to find a space. If there's kids running around and driving you crazy, then why don't somebody be the person that takes the kids and we just are going to have a moment of silence. And it's as awkward for you as it is for me because right now I'm just here with my friend Jake And I'm looking at a camera, but in the spirit, I'm sensing that we just need to walk into this together, together as a church, together as people, that we can start to hear the spirit of God as he refreshes our souls as we silence and listen for his voice. You right now could have a miracle take place in your life. If you don't know Jesus, then this is a great opportunity for you to just stop for a moment and say, God, if you're real in my life, would you come in? Would you, can I, can I walk with you? What does this look like to, that, to know that Jesus died, a man died on a cross so that I could be set free? 
This could be your moment to do that this morning or this afternoon, wherever you watch this and whatever time, it doesn't matter. But right now, we're just going to do two minutes and you just find a space. You can be doing that right this moment. And I just want you to shut your eyes and we are going to have complete silence before our God. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for your voice. We say sorry that we so belittle you in our lives. Father, help us to get the art of being silent and our attention to be on you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.